What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to Blue In Green Radio's Blue In Green Podcast. My name's Imran, I'm your host for uh, this series of podcasts. Uh, these are shows uh, primarily designed uh, to give yourselves and myself the opportunity to meet the incredible uh, array of Blue In Green Radio talent that we are able to showcase from all over the world Um it's been an exciting series so far we are on episode five right now but before we venture before i go in to tell you uh, exactly what episode five consists of just a quick mention that uh, you can uh, catch these podcasts as of this week we are now on spotify which is very cool so i think that's officially anywhere you can hear a podcast with air we're on stitcher we're on TuneIn, we're on uh, spotify we're on itunes uh, and soundcloud as well so um yeah we've made it as accessible as possible uh so you can also catch blueandgreenradio.com uh, to hear the live stream of our radio station which is a 21st century uh soul jazz funk latin and hip-hop uh, radio station and uh, we celebrate those genres and um, the, as well as the independent and the unknown so uh, episode 5 of this podcast sees us venturing over to Niigata Japan to meet the host creator and presenter of uh, oh, the, the, the fantastic Ross Select Music and Mr. Sean Sophia uh, it's it's a really versatile show he is genuinely one of a kind we are thrilled to uh, be able to host uh, his incredible content uh, it's it's such a trip each episode it goes from classic soul and funk to uh, contemporary jazz and uh, instrumental hip-hop he's just it's whatever he feels at that point and i love 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 radio like that uh, so exactly what it should be about so super excited it's been uh, a long in the works uh, conversation and thrilled we finally had the opportunity to uh, sit down and uh, bash it out so we'll get to it shortly just a quick uh, mention actually before i do it i want to quickly shout out um sean's uh website as well so it's raw select music com. so you can go there to find info on his recent shows you can find out what music he's listening to more info about him as well as information on his uh video logs as well as his youtube channel so there's a, it's an exciting brand we go into uh discussing everything um in our conversation which will appear momentarily so um yeah so but that was the website address so that's a great place to check out um his stuff as well as blue and green radio itself uh so uh each episode of these podcast series will feature two songs one uh picked by me which we're about to do and then the second the final song will be selected by our guest and that will be sean's pick at the very very end of the show my pick now however uh is to um 
oh, any chance I can to celebrate his name, I always will. Uh, February 7th, which was uh, just a few days ago at the time of this recording, uh, would have been the birthday of the fantastic, incredible, legendary, iconic uh, Jay Diller, uh, JD, James Yancey. It would have been his 45th birthday last week, so um, it's it's been wonderful, you know, seeing everyone celebrate his music online as as, as they do every, at this time of year and uh it's it's and i wanted to you know to mark my um sentiment for him as well by uh selecting a song uh at this part of the show so um we have a an epic uh, marathon scale um show by our very own Vahe confessions of a curly mind which is airing on blue and green radio on friday the 15th of February so it's going to be at 5pm UK time you will not want to miss it if you're a Dilla fan it will be the most comprehensive selection of music that uh, you could ever imagine, it genuinely will be and I'm super excited about it Uh, it it's a shame we didn't time this with Sean so we could discuss Dilla because I know he's a big fan as well and it would have been good to uh, chop it up about him but I think that's probably something we can discuss in a future episode so my selection, um, where do you start to pick one one song from him but um i um i have sidestepped my immediate favorites which would have been slum villages climax slum villages uh fall in love the remix i'm skipping j88 the look of love i'm skipping commons aphrodisiac i'm skipping tribe called quest once again and stressed out and i'm gonna go straight to tribe called quest funny enough with uh find a way it was one of my first little beats and uh i adore the song and i thought it'd be a nice pick for today so uh without further ado tribe called quest find a way from their fifth album the love movement and then we'll go straight and meet sean sophia in japan thanks very much for tuning in friends i hope you enjoy the show me up my whole head teasing me just like teacher did martin now look at what you starting schoolboy crushing it ain't on the hush the whole world see it but you can't uh. my peoples they complain sitting raving rant Come on. your name is out my mouth like an ancient chant got me like a dog as a pausing pant <gasps> Speaking of which, got a leash and a wish just to rock you, miss. Make a militant move, beat my strategy. End of the day, you're not mad at me. Uh. Not dealing with nobody, now that's what you told me. I said, hey, yo, it's cool, we could just be friendly. Cause yo, picture me messing it up. Her mind not corrupt with the LC cups. Shit. I'm on my J-O, bullshit and hoping that the day goes slow wow. Got me like a friend, what confuses me though It's kisses when we breathe, tell me what's the deal, yo Now you caught my heart for the evening Kiss my cheek, move then you confuse things Should I just sit out or come harder? Help me find my way Now you caught my heart for the evening Kiss my cheek, move then you confuse things Should I just sit out or come harder? Help me find my way now why you wanna go and do that love, huh? Making things for me towards you harder Killing me just when I think we there You douse the whole vibe and the close in the air Telling me about next man But next man ain't the nigga with the plans Who got your heart in mind? It's 
about time that you just unwind Come on. And let it just happen, make it front free uh. Just sweat me like money panty uh. Digging you, getting inside of your steel what? It's the quest cat keeping you company Hi. Forever or however you want it Word, word Now wait a minute, my, before you dead it to the curb yeah. Try to make impressions, which is good, not the herd But it, it ain't me, and I, I ain't blurred I'ma still just chill with you Maybe things could change if you change your view Come on. If not, then I guess it is cool yeah. Just keep to yourself in the vibe by the rules Check it out now 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 Work it out now Check it out now It's like that now Check it out now It's like that now Check it out What you say, what, what Now you caught my heart for the evening Kiss my cheek, moving, you confusing Should I just sit out or come harder? Tell me find my way Now sing it, sing it Now you cut my heart for the evening Kiss my cheek, move and you confusing Should I just sit out or come harder? Tell me find my way Now talk it out, talk it Now you cut my heart for the evening Kiss my cheek, move and you confusing Should I just sit out or come harder? Tell me find my way Now talk it out Now you cut my heart for the evening Kiss my cheek, move and you confusing Should I just sit out or come harder? Tell me find my way and I felt like this song fit the mood just perfectly. But as always... you can hear me that's good hey, I can hear you. how are you i'm doing all right how about yourself not bad at all sir it's very great to uh uh to, to, to talk to you yeah there's been i've been looking forward to this for a while now oh that's excellent thank you so much um as yes are you all coffeeed up and raring to go <laughs> i got coffee right next to me so i think i think i should be all right it's, yeah it's an unusual start to a sunday morning isn't it <laughs> well what time is it for you over there it is in London. It's just gone midnight on a Saturday ah, night. So yeah, so oh, I'll be ending my night shortly. And you're you're starting your Sunday already. How amazing! <laughs> yes, a little bit of a slow Sunday, but that that's generally how I tend to do things. It's it's how Sunday should be, isn't it? Agree. <laughs> so how how long have you lived in Japan? So I've lived in Japan now for about thirteen years. Gonna gonna be thirteen years as of this year. Wow. Where did you grow up before then? I um originally from uh basically the greater Chicagoland area. I I had money on Chicago. I have no idea right, why right. I had money on Chicago. Right, what, what tipped you off to that? I have I honestly couldn't say, but I, for some reason it, I don't know why. I don't know why. That's really bizarre. <laughs> I have no idea why I had money on Chicago. Maybe it was the music. Uh, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> does it come That's through the, in my does it come, it must be the accent it's got to be it might i think it might be i uh, i don't know because i remember i was going to ask you that and i remember thinking well i like hazard a guess and where would it be and i'm not i don't know why chicago was in my head how bizarre you got that Hazard's, one right up and you got that yeah. one right up the line. it's like an ice box there at the moment isn't it weather wise it, it, it's really bad been I, uh just sort of keeping up on the news yeah trying get an idea because every every year it's pretty much just like a, a crap shoot whether or not uh chicago is going to get frozen over and it just turned out that this was going to be uh another polar vortex year so you've had this before there yeah this happened wow. actually funnily enough i went back to chicago for the uh christmas new year season with my wife and awesome. the day that we left, I think I might be getting my stories mixed up. No, that was a different year. <laughs> there, uh, I think that was 2015, yes. I was uh, flying out of Chicago to come back to Japan. And almost within a day or two of me arriving in Japan, uh, Chicago had just been hit by a uh, polar oh vortex gosh. and we're getting sub-zero temperatures oh my gosh and how long do they last for well the news report that i had seen said this was going to happen this is going to last for another six to eight weeks wow yeah it's pretty bad right now according to some news reports that i saw like the recommended exposure to being outdoors is somewhere between five to ten minutes wow yeah gosh and how does that compare weather-wise with japan oh japan is mild but (laughs) japan's pretty mild at least in the the area that i live in in japan and it's generally very damp usually we get a lot more rain around my area than we do uh snow and it almost rarely gets below freezing so you lived there for 13 years. How did the move come about, if I may ask? Um, I had finished college in 2006. I, uh, no, wait, close. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I finished college in 2005. Uh, and as my graduation present, I ended up going to Japan with some friends of mine. I really enjoyed my time there. And when I got back... I didn't know what I was going to be doing, but I really liked, one, being on my own, because that was the first time that I traveled by myself. And two, I just really loved Japan. So when I got back from that little uh, trip, I started looking for jobs, managed to find one within about six to eight months of uh, going back to the States. And then within eight months, I was back on an airplane traveling back to japan and that's amazing i've been here ever since that's amazing what were your family like when you said you know this is going to be where my home is now um my uh i i only found out later actually in a conversation with my father recently he was telling me that my uh, mother was none too happy that i decided to move out to japan <laughs> My uh, father was also similarly pretty uh, reluctant about the whole idea, but uh, 
he, he in the end seems like he, he's sort of uh, pretty proud of me, I think is the way that he expressed it. That's excellent. Do you do, Have they been out to see you and do you get to go home much as well? I try to get home like usually, uh, if not every year, every other year. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother is the only one who's ever been out to visit us, uh, to visit me. And she came within the first year that I had moved out to Japan. And since then, uh, neither of them have come to uh, visit me. Hmm. I mean, it is, it, it is it a long haul from Chicago. It it's it's about 13 hours. Oh. I don't know if you've ever sat on an airplane for 13 hours before. I don't think 13. I mean, I've, I have. I was going to say I've been to Niigata. Um, I went in 2007. Really? We did, uh, my, yeah, yeah. My wife and I, we did 10 days in Japan and we went to Tokyo, Kyoto and Niigata. What brought you uh, to my wife had uh, um, My wife, uh, her, what was it? her cousin had set up uh, a home there, basically. We started a family there. Huh. So we were there for about three days, I think, three, maybe four days um and it was it was beautiful it mm. was it's it's very different to tokyo and kyoto isn't it but it's uh, yeah it's 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 beautiful it, out there i i'd always describe niigata as basically if you took one of the sort of smaller uh little wards of tokyo and just jammed it into one city right. probably the best way <laughs> to describe niigata city it's uh yeah it's it's, it's sort of it's been as i said I, we were there in 2007 and it's been so long it's Japan has kind of reinserted itself on my bucket list of places to go back to. I just, I really enjoyed it. It's such an incredible place and I'd love mm. to go back, but um, yeah, hopefully that was something I'll be able to do at some point, but it's, it's just the, it's wonderful out there, isn't it? I definitely enjoy, I, I definitely enjoy it. I, I mean, it's kept me here for 13, almost 13 yeah. years. So, and yeah. hey, if you're so ever in how, the neighborhood, how, just let me know. <laughs> likewise as well if you're ever in london i've been wanting i went to london back in 2006 actually right before i moved to uh japan i absolutely loved it and i've always been wanting to get back out there whereabouts did you go uh i was remember at all well i i got brought along on a uh, business trip with my stepfather. So we were actually nice. at a hotel out in Heathrow. But he, oh, okay. he, he had uh, basically business stuff to take care of during the day. So I just go into Piccadilly Circus and being the music nerd that I was at the time, I just started looking for record shops. Right. So I went to the uh, the big what was the big uh, HMV record store uh, in uh, Piccadilly Circus? I think I'm thinking of that, right? Uh, there was a, there was a giant one in um, Oxford Street, oh, which okay. doesn't exist anymore because I spent lots of time there and it doesn't exist anymore. That, that was the one HMV's. that was like multiple floors, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I I, yeah that, that doesn't cool. exist anymore. Then, yeah, record stores, that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. It's hard to find nowadays. Yeah, especially in Niigata. There used to be a whole slew of uh, record stores that my friends used to have around town. And that was pretty much how I used to spend a lot of my days off, would be going into those uh, record stores and hanging out with them and them exposing me to a lot of different types of music. 
So you were a music fan growing up? It was a part of like a part of something that you were into. Were you DJing before you went out to Japan or did this all happen when you were there? I start I got my first set of turntables back in 2004, I want to say. And the uh, the first set of turntables that I had because I did not have enough money to buy a pair of techniques at the time, I ended up getting mm. like the cheapest statin direct drive turntables that i could find and I, I don't know if you've ever played with uh really really inexpensive turntables before they are the absolute worst things and they, they, they really shouldn't be uh shouldn't be advertised for djing they weigh like they weigh probably about as i don't know what to compare it to but they weigh almost nothing you touch the platter and the uh, the record takes about five minutes before it starts spinning again. <laughs> and I, I used to DJ house parties with that back in Chicago. So yes, I, I the lo- long answer, I was DJing before I came to uh, Japan, just not in any sort of professional capacity. How, I mean, sort of, I guess culturally, when you start DJing in Japan, how how different did you find that experience? My uh, experience has been sort of weird, especially in uh, DJing mostly in Niigata, is that I, I had started, so I, I one thing that I think has to be sort of explained is that in Japan, generally, uh, foreigners and Japanese people generally don't really hang out all that much. If Japanese people do hang out, they usually have an interest in people from other countries and speaking English, the general majority of Japanese people don't tend to mix with uh, foreigners. So originally when I first started DJing in Niigata, I was DJing mostly for foreign crowds with the, the odd smattering of Japanese people. And then as of, I don't know, maybe like about 10 years ago, I started slowly started networking with some local Japanese DJs. And then over time, I would sort of start getting circulated into their events and then largely playing for mostly uh, Japanese crowds. So you can, I guess, sort of to answer your question, it is... Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I guess kind of like... <laughs> it was, I, I, it was I, going I so well. I have a tendency to go off on these really long tangents. No, that. that's great. No, no, that's totally cool. No, no, it was kind of culturally. How did you find kind of playing out sort of to like US audiences to going over to, to sort of Japan? I mean, did you find it easy to embed yourself in a music scene that you were comfortable with? Or is it kind of like, wow, I can't find places that play what I want to play? It took um, took a long time of just sort of grinding out. I've always found that playing for uh, a lot of the local foreign audiences around here tend to be a little bit more picky, generally want a lot more sort of poppier stuff, generally mm-hmm. a lot more stuff that most people want to know. 
And given my sort of uh, defiant attitude of not giving people what they want, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't always the most popular DJ, but I'd usually sort of find a way to sort of ride the middle of giving them what they want and playing stuff that satisfied me, or at the very least, finding sort of music that we could all agree on. In terms of playing for Japanese audiences, I've always found that they're generally pretty trusting of the DJ. They don't usually bug the DJ, ask for requests. They're usually sort of go with the uh, go with the flow of things. So I've always found playing for uh, Japanese audiences to be at the very at the very very least usually a lot less um stressful i guess is the word that i'm looking for uh that and then that is the trick isn't it with a lot of foreign audiences yeah mm. that is the trick with djs because obviously you you it's always it's, i think it's the same with radio obviously it's about playing what you want to play but it's also you're there to play for people as well so it's that balance of you know one for you two for them yeah, I mean, if you want to get invited back, for sure. I mean, if you want yeah. to continue having a career as a DJ, it's probably best to uh, play to your audience. I still, after uh, you know, almost 15 years of being a DJ, haven't learned that lesson. <laughs> so when did Raw Select Music come into the, the picture? Uh, that actually came into the picture as a bet between a friend of mine and I. We were uh, all out uh, on the town drinking one night, and a friend of mine, we were all talking about like wanting to start up our own quote-unquote small business, and I'd always mold the idea around of starting up my own music blog, and uh, a friend of mine had said, it, if you go home right now, set up a music blog, and come back to me in about two hours, I'll pay for your night of drinking. <laughs> Obviously, if he lets you leave, he's already has to pay. Yeah, it. basically. <laughs> so, I, so I went home, uh, started up. I had already been mulling the name Raw Select Music around and set everything up. Uh, so set up a WordPress, set up a Twitter, Facebook page. I think I had a Pinterest for a little while, but I don't use that for anything anymore. And Wow, you went all in on night one. Oh, absolutely. That's very cool. Because I, I had already had uh, I had already had a mix cloud up until that point. I wasn't uploading all that frequently, but I, I was still uploading DJ mixes from time to time. And once I had started the blog, I just sort of figured the best thing to do was to just start putting everything together. And then making them all one thing, making them fall basically under all one brand. So that it started in 2015. It was just a way I thought to sort of uh, share the music that I was interested in, to sort of uh, sort of keep me on my toes and keep me sort of invested in music. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So for anyone that had ne that's never heard of Raw Select, how would you describe the music and what goes into the show? Well, in terms of the radio show, uh, the radio show is kind of interesting. 
because the the whole intention of the radio show is I am very guilty of not spending that much time practicing when for <laughs> the, the DJ because I I always find it really really hard to just sit down and practice mixing the same two records over and over again. But I have a whole slew, I've got about 800 records or so. I've, uh, I I'd really just wanted a way to share the, the music that I had in my record collection that I thought was really, really interesting, but not be constrained necessarily to trying to perfect the mixes and transitions from each song that I would normally do if I were to go about doing uh, a straight up DJ mix. And I had been mulling the idea around, I've been using the word mulling. I need to increase. Here's the problem. When you live in Japan for a long period of time, your vocabulary will start to decrease over time. It's 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 really one of the sad shames of living in Japan. Um, <laughs> That's something for me to mull over. Yes. Oh, oh, look, right back at me. Uh, so the the Ross like radio show was basically just a way to get me back behind the turntables, playing around with uh, all the records in my collection, rediscovering some of the records that have been filed away in my collection and just share it with people and hopefully sort of find an audience for it. And it's got such a brilliant array of music as well from um, uh, hip hop to jazz, to instrumental hip hop as well, which I love that as a, as a, as a, as a genre of music that you're passionate about. Cause I don't know that meant that much about instrumental hip hop at all. I know it was, you know, very rudimentary um, uh, artists like Mad Lib, Dilla, et cetera. Mm. But um, I, yeah, I like, I love how you'll have like a classic soul record and then you'll just go something to like instrumental hip hop with a UK jazz. And it's such a, a brilliant and unpredictable show. And was that always its intention or is this, do you find it's a show that you keep keeps evolving in of itself? Yeah. Well, originally when I did the first Ross Select Radio at the end of last year, uh, no, sorry, the end of two years ago. The, the whole intention, well, it, it's funny, going back a little bit. So I got the idea for doing or going in on the Raw Select Radio Show from an odd sort of source. I was, uh, I'm a big fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. And he had nice. on uh, a, a guy who, who I, I find immensely fascinating. I'm not sure if you know who Dan Carlin is. No, I've never not heard the he's, name. No. He's an amateur historian and has spent his whole life working in radio. And he has this uh, podcast, which I still haven't dove into, called uh, Hardcore History. And it, it's these five-hour stretches of him diving into a certain era of history. I, I, I really want to get into it, but five hours is kind of daunting. <laughs> but anyways, during the course of this podcast, uh, Joe Rogan and Dan Carlin are talking about how basically the internet, the internet has democratized everything. And that if you have a passion or if you have an interest, 
odds are you could probably find an avenue or find an audience for what you're doing. And uh, Dan Carlin had said he'd worked in radio. And since he had gotten out of broadcast radio and moved into podcast, he couldn't, he felt freer than he ever had in his entire life. And was basically saying, if you have an interest in doing this sort of thing, just go out and do it now. And right after listening to him say that, I got home, uh, got on Amazon, looked for a relatively decent microphone, bought it, and got everything set up. And the first Raw Select radio show was me work basically working out the kinks of uh, doing a Raw Select radio show. And it, it was largely just me not trying to mix, but just trying to cover as much musical ground as I possibly could within the, the confines of my record collection. I love your moments of inspiration, <laughs> like the way you set up the blog and then and the, what the moment that encouraged you to go and get a mic and start doing it. That's so <laughs> cool. But you enjoy talking about it as well. That's the difference though, isn't it? In terms of if like a radio show, it's, it is a chance for you to sit down and explore music in another way. But the idea of communicating mm. about it is so different than what you would do when you play it out live, Correct. right? Yeah. And I, I mean, the, originally, like, like I was saying, somewhere in that sort of jarbled mess of uh, brain spew there, <laughs> uh, originally the intention was uh, don't worry about mixing and mostly just focus on selection and trying to provide some insight into the records that I've been playing. And it's been really, really funny. The last few Raw Select radio shows, I don't know why the old mentality of everything needs to be at least somewhat mixed has started seeping back into my radio shows. <laughs> So now, like, I, I start focusing on a certain BPM, and then I will try to find records that I think largely, I'm not going as all over the place as I was when I first started doing it. And I'm trying to find records that sort of relate to each other, either by tempo or melody or stuff like that. And all of my old sort of uh, DJ tendencies are starting to creep back into the radio show, which I, I find rather amusing. But th that's good though, right? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're finding yourself adept at doing both now. So that's, yeah. The, the whole, I, I mean, the whole idea for me personally was basically this was, uh, it, it's a two hour practice session and it's a two hour, hour practice session with me talking over, uh, talking over my records occasionally. And really just trying to, uh, it, it becomes a little bit of like a mental exercise where in the beginning, I'm maybe not entirely certain where I think the mix is going to go. But as I start getting into it, usually within like the first half hour, maybe it might take me about an hour, I, I'll start getting inspired again and start realizing and it's like, Oh, wait, that record goes perfectly with that record, or that has the exact same BPM as that record. And it, it just sort of snowballs from there. I suppose another difference is when you when you play out mm -hmm. the the song that you 
play has to make sense to the one before and the one yeah. after it. And I think in a weird way, it's kind of a good discipline. Like if you listen, listen to commercial radio, it doesn't have to make sense. That's just the nature of it. It's radio. It doesn't actually have to make sense. It doesn't necessarily have to flow into each other. And I know obviously it can be a lot of people's preferences for that to happen. I know it's my preference that it does make sense. But I think in a weird way for radio, it's sometimes a good discipline to not have that mindset. Like when you play out, it's just, well, it's radio. It it can be as unpredictable as anything. The next song that is. No, I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment. And you've moved on. You've extended your brand to vlogging as well. How's that? Uh, that I mean, that, that, that's been pretty entertaining. Coincidentally, it's my same friend who, um, for the the live gigs that I did during the during the summer, uh, uh, one of my friends who got me uh, started on doing the whole Ross like music blog in the first place. Uh, he also started a YouTube channel not too long ago, so we've been constantly having like a uh, sort of uh, sort of friendly back and forth, sort of battling battling each other who has more subscribers and more views. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he was the one who kept pushing me. It's like Sean, if you're going to keep doing uh, YouTube stuff, you need to get in front of the camera. I'm notoriously camera shy in public. Yeah. really so you don't come off that way when on your on your I, channel it, at all is, you seem eerily comfortable a lot of self it, it is a lot of self-coaching <laughs> but, it, but if i do something in the confines of my house it's fine like i i have no problem yeah. occasionally though when my wife walks in on me what uh doing a vlog or doing a video <laughs> show so it's, it's a little bit like being caught but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like yeah, out in public, it, it's like a whole different can of worms. I get incredibly nervous. I get incredibly self-conscious, and I just I can feel even if there's nobody around, I can feel like this sort of leering eyes looking at me, like this. What is this homeless man with a really expensive camera <laughs> right now? I think you're right though when people are present I'm very aware of every single word I say and uh, you know and, and I'm thinking like as I'm talking like oh why did you say that <laughs> that was that that was stupid that didn't make sense that wasn't funny because I you know I I'm 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 exactly the same but I could never progress to doing like a, a video log it just I it could never happen but me alone in a room I can oh, do yeah. that. No, it, <laughs> I, I feel like room it, with a microphone. I could do that. Hmm. It, it definitely feels like the, the sort of thing that like anybody can do. Uh, doing it, doing it in the the privacy of your own home is. I I, I even still find myself struggling occasionally when I'm doing like a raw select record review to find the words that I'm looking for. But uh, doing it in public is just completely different. And I, I usually try to limit my time in, in front of the camera. Well, I'm happy that you do them because I really enjoy them. And I don't know, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's what it's about, isn't it? It's doing something that kind of petrifies you and, you know, still proceeding with it. And I really I really enjoy the, the oh, vlogs that the that, Moses okay. Boyd album I purchased. Yeah, now, now that you said <laughs> that, I'm going to have to start, uh, to start doing those again. 
course, I'd have to actually also have yeah, DJ yeah. gigs to start doing that again too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, even just the album review ones as well that you do are awesome as well. So yeah. you know, I bought Moses Boyd based off of. I think it was um your you did one where you did a, a, a roundup of the year, didn't yeah. you? Roundup of twenty eighteen, and uh, yeah, and I bought a couple of records. I think from. Uh, from oh, that thank you i appreciate and that. um there was the no no i really enjoy it dude i really do i, I like yeah no i'm a big fan of your your taste obviously in your show and uh everything that you do i think it's awesome yeah really really um it's a it's an excellent brand that you've put together and it's uh yeah something a lot of people would enjoy i think i'm also glad to hear that you enjoyed the Mo- moses boyd is he your uh is he yeah. your top pick for the all the new sort of uh bubbling up British uh UK jazz artists coming out these days. He's kind of it's in a way it's hard not to pick him because anybody else you pick, he's their drummer. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what there, I mean? There, there's a lot of sort of crossplay going on in the the UK jazz scene yeah. these days, isn't there? But they it's a very strange thing because they all went to the same college. Huh. They all, many of them were all in the same year. Some of them were housemates. Yeah, and it's it's a very bizarre thing. And, and I don't know if it's just me. It just feels like the general quality of the musicianship over the last few, or not the quality, but the uh, technical proficiency of a lot of musicians these days has gone through the roof. I feel like a, lo- yeah. a lot of the sort of more, uh, the older as a jazz stuff felt very basic for lack of a better word you know what i'm saying it, it, yeah i can't yeah absolutely like, yeah didn't seem like they were really playing to sort of the the jazz aspect of it yeah i'm the thing again like for me i didn't get into jazz until you know early mid 20s but for these guys to have been like into it to the extent that they have in their teens yeah. I think is mind blowing. I don't mean that to sound patronizing at all, but it's. I think it's. It's. It, it doesn't. They're not chasing trends at all. They're completely establishing their own style. But it's very. It's very. It's a very mature take on jazz for a lot of them, you know. And it's. It's. Yeah, it's. It's a very exciting thing to watch unfold because that movement hasn't ex- really been here for a very long time. You know, there have obviously lots of breakout uh, UK jazz musicians like Sean Kahn, etc. But um, just this this young, ridiculously young, talented collective to all come through. It's incredible. Mm. Well, especially going, I can't remember where I read this, but I seem to recall that for the longest time that in the UK, jazz was kind of a dirty word. Yeah. And, yeah. and now all of a sudden, like jazz... Uh, the UK, the UK seems to be at the forefront of sort of like the new breed of jazz musicians, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess Jazz Refreshed and I think Brownswood, Giles Peterson, they've they've got to be the two really four like names that have really carried this through. I think it's almost like they had a vision like ten years ago, and they they just stuck to it, and it's totally paying off now. Yeah. Don't really know what else to say to, to say to that. Yeah, I'm definitely more. <laughs> I, I'm definitely more familiar with uh, Brownswood recordings, but I'm not as familiar with uh, Jazz Refreshed. They're um yeah they're uh they were predominantly a well they are a 
um, like a live, they, their whole ethos was about uh, presenting live jazz music at, say, affordable prices in London oh, area. So you could get really cheap tickets to all of these guys, you know, and they were, they kind of discovered so many of them. Um, they have a series which is really exciting. Um, you probably have at least one of them in your collection. It's a, a, it's a series called Fives, where they'll take someone like Richard Spaven and uh, Nabia Garcia. She has a five series. And it's just basically of like a five track EP mm-hmm. uh, that they release. So I will definitely check out um, their uh, the Jazz Refresh, say the Bandcamp page and um, have a look there. Because, um, yeah, there's lots of great stuff. They sort of extended into a record label as well and um, there's lots of lots of great music on there yeah. I, I imagine you'd love to be honest yeah no I, i've seen their stuff uh i've seen their stuff come up quite a few times on the place that i usually order my records from and while i've, I've always been curious i it, it's one of those things where i wish i just had deeper pockets and i probably yes collection <laughs> out, uh pretty much taking over the room that i have for uh my records and stuff but I, I I feel like it oh there's so much music out there that I want to explore and uh, that I want to add to my collection, but it usually gets yeah. overtaken by whatever record that I think I need almost immediately or whatever record I think is going to sell out really quickly. So I have weird priorities when it comes to uh, buying records. Do you are you able to discipline yourself into not spending too much? A I, month last year or? was the worst. Last year, I think it was the first year that I just sort of <laughs> uh, flew off the handle with wild abandon and was just spending <laughs> close to two, three hundred bucks a month on uh, on records. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it, it got wow. really, really bad. And the to anyone listening out there, unless you listen to your music religiously. Don't buy that much music at once, because a lot a lot of it just gets lost. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's the worst thing when you just don't even give yourself yeah. the time to digest something. You know, it's yeah. If you buy five or six albums at one time, it's yeah. It's not the best way of doing it, is it? It's definitely not the best way of like really internalizing the music. And I feel like if you're going to be a DJ, that's the number one thing you should do is internalize the music and really get a sense of uh, one, what are the best tracks that you're going to want to play out or play on the radio or add to a DJ mix. And also know how the song progresses, where sort of the good intro, outro, these are the points that you want to mix in and mix out of on the record. And if you're constantly just buying new music, and not really listening and sort of, like you said, getting that sort of discipline, you, you, you're basically just throwing, you might as well just be throwing your money up into the wind and just, well, throw it in a trash can or something like that. Is your wife a fan of the music? Do you guys like the same not kind really. of stuff? Uh, we, we started off on, oh, no. uh, we, we started off uh, when, I, I think when we first got together, she started liking my music. And then as I've slowly just sort of disappeared into my own world of, uh, of music, <laughs> she's become progressively more and more distant to the, the music that I like. <laughs> I, I have gone more and more underground and occasionally I'll still find stuff that she likes, 
And my, my wife started getting into EDM. I'm surprised I still talk to her. <laughs> well, clearly you live in separate houses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she, no, she'll occasionally, she'll occasionally say something positive uh, about something that I pick up and I'll occasionally concede a point about a uh, an EDM track, but on, only to her face. Like, oh, okay. It's not. It's not all <laughs> terrible. I, I, I I'm being incredibly uh, sarcastic. That's. I'm going to listen intently to future shows and just like listen to how this transit transitions into your current shows. Mm. That's going to be well. Here's a EDM classic for you fans out there. <laughs> Oh God! If I ever have to resort to uh, playing tra- chain smokers tracks, I think I'm just going to give it up. <laughs> um, well, uh, speaking of tracks, dude, we uh, talked about closing uh, the show. We close each show. The guest mm-hmm. gets to pick a song to take us home. Uh, may, may I ask what your selection is? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Horse Silver, song for my father. It's not exactly like the deepest song. cut in the world. A lot of it actually stems from, uh, I don't know if you ever listened years ago, uh, Giles Peterson had J-Rock on. And uh, J-Rock is one of my absolute all-time favorite DJs because he's, also he's, just, he's, the, he's the all-arounder. He has an insane record collection. He has amazing taste. And he's an incredibly skilled DJ. And on uh, that Giles Peterson show, they're talking back and forth. And apparently, like, J-Rock grew up in a fairly musical household. And Horse Silver would come over to his house just to hang out. And can you imagine that? Like, having, um, like, legendary jazz musicians just hanging out at your house. And that that song has always just stuck with me because one, I absolutely love the melody on it. I think it's in terms of jazz, it, it's just got like one of the the best, uh, one of the best licks. Uh, I think it's got one of the best licks of all time, and I, I've always just sort of thought of it as a nice little dedication to my father at the same time. So, shout outs, uh, shout outs to David. That's beautiful. It's a perfect song. Um, I'm going to look for an EDM dance version of it, and that we're going <laughs> to. Uh, if you do stumble across uh, it, oh, please uh, let me know. I'd love to. I will. It will bring you and your wife together in a beautiful way, uh, wouldn't sure. it? <laughs> well, well, actually, surprisingly, yeah. one of the few things that uh, my wife and I can come together on is she always likes it when I uh, throw in a jazz record. That's a great hook to have then that's at least she's digging yeah, that no, she that's can get brilliant. behind that it's it's when i start getting into sort of the the more experimental some of the more uh you know oddly enough the stuff that uh my wife really doesn't like what i play is uh when i get into house records because I, I generally tend to like okay. really deep sort of uh more exper- experimental sort of uh house stuff and i think Anything that doesn't have like a really obvious pop hook or melody to it just drives her absolutely insane. <laughs> Where's the sing along part? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where, where's the uh, starships were meant to fly or something like that. 
<laughs> I don't know why I just referenced Nicki Minaj. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> but no, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I think my wife's very much the same. But she wouldn't. She, I wouldn't get the grin from a jazz record. That's one hundred percent where I'd lose her. Unfortunately, it's a shame. So, Are you yeah, still trying to break yeah, down that wall? Yeah. Have you had any progress with that? No, it's no, 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 no. It's done. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I've tried. The walls are built. The walls are built. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's not gonna happen. I've dragged it to. I've like I couldn't have done more. I've probably done too much to be honest. Uh, I've taken it to every gig I possibly can, uh, and um, yeah, it's just it's yeah. There's nothing there now. Well, <laughs> it's just yeah, you, yeah. I very t- it's not often that I'll play something and she'll say, "Hey, that's good." So no, but dude, thank you so much for for doing this. I've wanted to talk to you for ages. Well, thank so you I'm for really having me. I really you, appreciate um, it way with that time no i i'm crazy about your uh your show and your 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 video logs and your whole brand and i'm just uh, i'm over the moon that you've let us be a part of your real select journey dude no i i, and I don't know if I, i've ever truly expressed this I, re- I really do appreciate and uh thank you so much for reaching out to me i really well for one thing doing this on uh the blue and green platform has really sort of uh I can get real lazy really easily. So this has really, really kept me sort of disciplined to a certain degree on making sure that I'm putting out uh, the the radio show on a fairly regular basis. And even in moments where I feel like I don't really have a lot of energy because I'm just worn down from work, ultimately every time mm-hmm. that I finish uh, recording another radio show, always happy that I did it. And and I'd say part of what's helping me uh, motivate myself to get these done is making sure that I meet my uh, meet the schedule that we had decided on. So thanks for holding me to it. (laughs) No, no problem. Uh, Yeah, no, we're thrilled to to have any of those shows. They're they're awesome stuff. You're uh, you're one of a kind. So we're um, yeah, no over the moon. So thank you so much. Thank you. 